Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome from Herndon, Virginia, in the new headquarters of the Media Research Center, right across Highway 28 from Dulles International Airport. We'll be watching the planes land when we're bored. It is nice to move in. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. I have uh, like seven boxes of books. Why? Why would you need seven boxes of books? And the answer is, <laughs> that's just a small fraction of the books I have. You haven't seen the books I have at home. Uh, I like them. I need to have them. I got to stay up to speed on things. Uh, so... Let's discuss, since the last time we were able to do, uh, have a podcast, the indictment of Hunter Biden is going to cause problems. They hate the idea that it could blur things. Uh, I just think that it's uh, in particular amazing that when he's asked questions about this, the president of the United States just lies preposterously. Uh the other day, he made the mistake, President Biden, of calling on Stephen Nelson of the New York Post. Corinne Jean-Pierre really hates Stephen Nelson of the New York Post. Uh, he doesn't get a question. He, he went about six months without getting a question. Uh, they'll have press conferences and somehow end up not invited. The New York Post not invited to the White House holiday party. Shocker. That's because they see the New York Post as their enemy. So Stephen Nelson uh, asked the president about how polls show that almost 70% of the public think uh, he did something wrong with his son. Listen. President Biden on Ukraine and also China, uh, there is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans admit this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many of their lies. business associates? I did not. There's what? lies. How can you say this is just a bunch of lies Unless you have a news media that you expect won't say anything about it and hasn't really done much of anything about it, especially in television networks. And, you know, he announces this preposterous thing. I I never did anything. I had no interactions with Hunter's business partners. That statement was ignored by ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS on their evening news shows. On the PBS NewsHour... Your tax dollars at work. The only mention of Biden the night of that presser came from Hollywood leftist actor slash director Rob Reiner. He was brought in to celebrate the life and legacy of super liberal Norman Lear. Naturally, Rob Reiner said, Norman would want me to be saying this. If you want fascism, you vote for Trump. If you want democracy, you will vote for Biden. It's that simple, and it's that real. This is exactly where the Biden people are coming from, is that they never want to be compared with the Trumps. 
Our lying can never be equivalent to the Trump's. And we are for democracy and he is for fascism. So you shouldn't really care if we lie a little bit. I think the news media sort of has the same calculation. And that is, I think they all perceive the Hunter Biden indictments are, are potentially damaging. They know it. And so they try to do less about it. What was sad when I looked at this was just then the newspapers. It's bad enough with the television networks. Newspapers are supposed to be more sober and serious and fact-based. Isn't that the words they always used? We're going to do fact-based reporting. Well, so Biden says, I never interacted with Hunter's clients. New York Times White House reporter Peter Baker just repeated the lie without correcting it. His New York Times colleague Luke Broadwater did the same. His sentence was, when questioned by a reporter at the White House on Wednesday about why he quote-unquote interacted with his sons and brothers' business associates, President Biden replied tersely, I did not, and it's just a bunch of lies. I find it very interesting that they decide to put interacted in quotes. Now, it is what Stephen Nelson said, but they don't want to specify who the reporter is. And it could be argued by putting interacted in quotes, you're sort of casting doubt that interactions took place. Maybe not. But again, these people who they have a fact checker at the New York Times, Linda Shu, Q-I-U, she isn't fact checking Biden. Then in the Washington Post, White House reporter Matt Biden advisor Visor just ended his story with Biden's whopper of a lie, uncorrected. The Post website also had an AP story by Lindsay Whitehurst. She altered the context of Nelson's question. Quote, President Biden on Wednesday dismissed as quote-unquote lies claims that he behaved illegally or unethically regarding the business dealings of his son. That like summarizing it into a way that doesn't quite make sense. Then on Sunday on Meet the Press, moderator Kristen Welker played this exchange and then just said, wow, Biden's fired up there. We should note that this came before the indictment. No, you should note it's a ridiculous lie. Kelly, fired up there. We should note those comments were made before Hunter Biden was indicted. What is the strategy to deal with this inside the White House? It's painful. It's personal. They want to put it in that category. Mm -hmm. They also say that in 2020, Hunter Biden was a, a fixture of the Republican campaign. And I think they want to talk about voters able to separate the candidate's son from the candidate. And they think Republicans are trying to use this to diffuse the legal troubles of Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, find I mean, me the Biden White House advisor who's going to go to the boss and say, we need a new strategy about your son there who's, right, well, uh, who's been indicted. They're they not going to have that conversation with him. Now, Jonathan Martin's getting close to something there that's interesting, and that is that Joe Biden is very blinded on the Hunter Biden story. He sees it that he has to be 100% supportive of Hunter, so he has to be 100% dishonest if necessary. Uh, obviously, the uh, he's probably had a few screaming fits about this. That's not exactly what Martin says. But when Martin and Kelly O'Donnell, both uh, talking to White House people, 
say, find me a White House advisor who would dare go to the boss and say, hey, we need a new strategy. Now, why would he need a new strategy if the news media is just going to go along? I think that's the other obvious question is I'm just going to bluster and say it's all a pack of lies. And then the newspapers just re reprint it like, yep. Well, that would seem to cynically suggest that this strategy, there's nothing wrong with it, except again for these poll numbers. And that is that people believe that either something illegal happened here or something unethical happened here. Well, in the nature of scandal today in politics, you often, you know, uh, you often have a legal proceeding or you have some special prosecutor. Um, obviously, Donald Trump knows all about that. But then there's also just the entire optics. It's the whole unethical, like, is this ethical? Did you behave ethically? Are you public servants or are you trading your name? Are you trading your office to make your family members rich? Now, remember, everybody here in the liberal news media who wants to discuss the Hunter Biden scandals will just rhythmically note falsely that Joe Biden has no connection with these. First of all, when you when he has all these interactions with Hunter's clients and it's all on the laptop, all these interactions show Joe is involved. Does it mean Joe committed a crime? That's not the point. The point is the president, or in, in this earlier case, the vice president, was enriching his son by meeting with his clients. And so if Hunter then takes that money and blows it on crack and hookers, I would say Joe Biden's not a great dad. <laughs> but the news media are in a denial on a lot of things, like Bidenomics. John Avlon comes on CNN. He has a little segment called Reality Check, and it's not that at all. He's not a fact checker. It's just a nice little pompous editorial from a man I call the pompous pompadour. He's got a big, big pile of hair. Avlon insisted, Biden's got a good story to tell about the economy. It is objectively true that our country's better off economically than we were certainly three years ago. And it's not just because of the pandemic. Something tells me John Avlon never goes to the supermarket. Because I know when I go to the supermarket and I'm like, okay, a tub of mayonnaise is eight bucks. A box of Wheaties is eight bucks. You just look at prices and you're saying, this is ridiculous. And of course, they'll say, hey, he's got a good story to tell. John Harwood's doing a lot of this now on Twitter. Biden's got a good story to tell. I mean, that's somebody who's, you know, who's been talking to Biden's people and they send them out like puppets. Say that Biden's got a good story to tell. Nobody's buying it. Avalon then went on to say, well, we've got 14 million jobs grown. We've got wages outpacing inflation. Inflation is going down. The unemployment rate's under 4%. Uh, yes, you can acknowledge the unemployment is low. Now the question is, does Biden get responsibility for new jobs or are these jobs that returned after the pandemic? 
But the, the dumbest part here is the idea that inflation is going down. That is the rate of inflation is going down. But inflation continues. Everything's gone up since 2021. You know, and that's why the American people, when you do a poll, they'll say Biden sucks on the economy. He's not good. They're going to have a real problem with that. So, yes, the new polls they were coming out with on Monday were pretty grim for, you know, Trump's looking pretty good against Biden. Some of these polls, Trump was a CNN poll. Trump was up 10 in Michigan on Biden. I mean, these are ugly polls for Biden. And they they have to sit there and say, well, we're a long ways off, and you know maybe when Trump gets convicted of a crime, when Trump goes on trial, his numbers will go down. <sighs> Let's be cynical. Trump got indicted ninety one times, and his polls went up. Okay, so and the problem Biden has is yes, people remember what the economy was like under Trump, especially the first three years before COVID. Things were pretty good. They certainly were better than they are now. And the news media is like, oh, no, no, he's got a, Biden's got a good story to tell. All right. There is also concern. The news media is concerned that Biden is going to lose the Muslim American vote after the uh, Israel and Hamas war. It's funny that they seem really more willing to worry about troubles when they come from Biden's left, not if they come from voters in the middle. Uh, you know, they're, I'm sure, afraid that some of these Muslim voters are going to end up voting for Jill Stein or Cornell West or Cornell East Germany. The guy is like seriously off a left-wing cliff, but that may be where the... Uh, the Hamas voters go. On Sundays this week, Jorge Bonilla noticed Mary Bruce, who's normally a very happy, reporting happy news for Biden. Not in this case. She turned to Dearborn's Muslim Arab American mayor, Abdullah Hamoud. He says Biden's response to this crisis has lacked empathy. Huh? I would say the Muslim voters lack empathy for the thousand people slaughtered on October 7. She said to the mayor, what do you make of how the president is handling this crisis? Mayor Abdullah Hamoud said, the unfortunate reality is there's been a callousness. This is a president I supported because he spoke about humanity, that he was a president for all people. And it's certainly not the president I see of the White House today. So apparently only Hamas has humanity. You have to have empathy for Hamas. You can't have empathy for Israelis because they're the oppressor, apparently. Over on CBS, Ed O'Keefe on CBS Mornings, also worrying in Michigan, Michigan's key to Biden's victory in 2024. 146,000 Muslim Americans voted in Michigan in 2020. Nearly 70% of Muslims nationwide went for Biden. But they went to this, uh, they went to Mayor Hamoud and they went to a Mr. Abu Salah. And he was like, we're not, we're going to go vote, but we're going to keep the top of the ticket empty. So they're not going to vote for Cornell West. They're going to vote for nobody when it comes to president. They're just going to leave it blank. 
And O'Keefe's sort of like, even if it meant Trump might win? Abu Salah, if you were to tell me my vote would be the vote whether Biden wins in Michigan or not, I will still not vote for Biden. O'Keefe, it's that much of an issue for you? Abu Salah, yeah. My people dying is that much of an issue for me. So Gazans, Hamas, it all blurs. This is the funniest thing. You know these news media people? They're very concerned about Christian nationalism. You might have seen that Rob Reiner's made some new documentary warning us all about Christian nationalism. What is this guy doing? What is he uncorking? Isn't this sort of Islamic nationalism? You know, and obviously if the right-wingers warn about Islamic nationalism, that's, oh, that's, that's so Islamophobic. That's so prejudiced. Rob Reiner can't be Christian-phobic or Christophobic. They don't even use those words. You can never be too afraid of those Christian nationalists, even if the Christians aren't Christian nationalists. I am not a Christian nationalist. I don't think, uh, you know, Jesus was our first president or something. <laughs> it is true that when you believe in Jesus— it sort of should be an international thing. I'm a member of the Roman Catholic Church. That's a very international thing. Some would call it an international conglomerate. But it's obviously, yeah, Christian nationalism is weird but as a concept. But a lot of times what they're just saying is they're basically, it's a bunch of atheists saying, well, they say, I pledge allegiance under God. Oh my gosh, you can't, we can't say that. You can't have God words and our pledges and our national anthems. You're basically, you're just super secular. That's all there is about it. And you're not only going to say, we are going to separate the church and state. What they really want to sort of do is separate the religious people from democracy. Yes, we want an atheocracy where all the Christians really aren't allowed to have any influence. Very interesting. Uh, but this is the this is where we're going. The news media knows that Joe Biden's in trouble right now, and they're not avoiding the subject, although they're more comfortable discussing it when it's problems to Biden's left. But they know there's a problem, and they're really willing to try to put on Biden people to explain what the problem is or try to deny there's a problem. But their own polls are showing that Biden has a problem. And just the idea that someone like Donald Trump, who they would have all imagined, would be much more unpopular after 91 indictments. Everybody looking at 2023 is like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Now he was ahead 20 points, then they indicted him 91 times, now he's up 50. <laughs> if you put money on that one, you deserve to win the bet. All right, well, it's, it's nice to be in the new house. Uh, it's nice to be back on the Newsbusters podcast and make sure if you need to keep up with what is brewing in the news media and all their terrible left-wing bias, you got to come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>